the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Thursday the 11th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Good morning, Marsha. Oh, I got to remember. Hey, there I, I am. I got to remember to, uh, after the sports show sometimes, to make sure your mic is even on on the board. I keep forgetting They to just that. reserve the spot for me? The guys yeah, don't even sit It just stays off. Here. Yep, it just stays wow. off until, uh, until Thanks, you guys. get Yeah. Well, here I am. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm all right. It'll and, be a hot uh, one today. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness it's going to feel like spring. 80 de- oh, it's going to feel like summer today. Okay. 80 degrees, right. sunny. Right. I'll take that. Sign me up. I'll take that. And I thank God it's not been raining because we've been moving my friend's stuff out of her storage. Yeah, you got a long drive today. Yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to it. As long as uh, the rental car comes through. They called me this morning. They're like, eh, we don't have that car because the other people asked for an extension. So they're like, would you like a cargo van? I'm like, not so much. You weren't getting a cargo van? No, I was getting a, an SUV. Uh, anyway, so y'all pray for Marcia, me because I got about an the hour. Big SUV. Got about an hour. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, so as you know, we've been, we're part of the Panhandle's story, and mm-hmm, one of the stories mm-hmm. that broke earlier this month the, that our friends at the Journal covered was uh, some vandalism at right. uh, one of the local cemeteries. So joining us today in studio, Michelle Walls Durst. She's general manager of Rosedale Cemetery. Welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for being on. You've been doing like the press junket, right? With all this. Yep. Started with the journal, the TV station yesterday, and now back at the radio. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're in to to kind of flesh this out for us. Um, no one likes to hear stories like this. Uh, tell us, you know, when you guys discovered it, how many headstones were involved, that kind of thing. So we showed up to the cemetery Friday morning. Uh, the maintenance guys had started mowing and started seeing all of the stones just sort of pushed over uh, at the time. He wasn't quite sure what happened. Um, and as he continued through the cemetery, he quickly knew that this was something that somebody had come in and done through the evening. Um, he gave me a call, and I was there in about five minutes, and we started walking through the cemetery. And I said, well, I better go ahead and call the sheriff's department. This is definitely something that needs to be reported. So they met us out there, and as we continued to walk, then we – started to see the scope of things and how how big this was and how many had been uh, pushed over. So we started counting at that point. And uh, Friday morning, there was 61 that had been turned over in the cemetery. So how do you know how they're doing this? Because, I mean, headstones are pretty, I mean, they're pretty heavy things, right? So, I mean, are they getting a vehicle in there? I mean, do you notice, notice any signs of that? Or? Nope, nope, no, no tracks of anything. You know, we definitely looked for that. Um, we looked for anything that might have been left behind that would help us identify who this was. We really didn't find anything. Um, honestly, with stones like this, yes, they're very heavy, um, but one or two guys mm-hmm. could really just come in and 
push at the same time and it's going to fall over. You know, they couldn't pick them up and walk away with them, but they could definitely push and make them topple over. They're kind of uh, top heavy the way yeah. they sit on their bases. So they're not too difficult to just push over. How many graves uh, do you estimate are in that cemetery? In Rosedale, thousands. So, uh, 20,000, close wow. to 20,000. Yeah. So why do you think somebody's going around and knocking over headstones? I have no idea. Um, you know, we've come in before and found three or four pushed over. You know, maybe some kids got bored the evening before and thought it would be cool to see who could do it. Um, but for this number, uh, it's a little hard to believe that it was just um, just walking through in a, a competition to see who could do it. Um, so I, I don't know. For 61 to be pushed over and then honestly – um, we came in on Monday and our maintenance guys started putting them back. You know, at the time I thought this is going to take forever. Um, but the goal was for our maintenance guys is look, Mother's Day's next weekend. We want to have these back for Mother's Day. A lot of people visit the cemetery for Mother's Day. Let's get them back uh, for the weekend. So they jumped right on it on Monday morning. And I think on Monday they got close to 20 hmm. put back. And we came back in Tuesday morning to about 15 more taken back over. So kind of feel a little defeated at that point. Felt good going home Monday night Mm -hmm. knowing this is going to be cleaned up by the end of the week. But then to come in on Tuesday to more of them down. um, Almost seems purposeful at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. Uh, You know, the first night I thought, you know, this was just a, a random event. Hopefully we don't, you know, see them again or have anything like this again. And then... Tuesday morning, I thought, okay, well, this is the new thing to do. So we need to start stepping up our measures as a cemetery to how can we prevent this going forward. So obviously you mentioned, you know, it's Mother's Day weekend. Uh, Folks who have a a loved one buried somewhere like to know that they have access to that cemetery, to that grave, because uh, grief sometimes doesn't have a a timeline. Sometimes at all kinds of times of the day you want to come in and, you know, visit uh, so it it probably wouldn't be the best choice to lock a cemetery down, but does that seem like a measure that might have to be taken? We even have somebody there 24-7 guarding it. Yeah, n- yeah. Not, not at this time. You know, our cemetery right now, we are considered dust to dawn. If we see someone in there after those hours, we are going to, you know, question them a little bit about why they're there. But, you know, if you consider take the winter when it gets dark at five o'clock, if it's, you know, grandma's birthday and you didn't get off work until six, I can understand why someone's going to come by and place flowers, you know. So we try to be very understanding of that. Just a lot of entryways into the cemetery. So it would mm-hmm. really be hard to lock it all down. Um, things that we're looking at, honestly, right now, we are, we're patrolling through the night. Um, I have several staff members that are setting alarms, getting up, taking turns, um, taking a ride through the cemetery with their lights on. Really, at this point, it's not that we're trying to catch anyone. It's just that we're trying to deter anyone from being in there. So right. we're driving through periodically through the night just trying to make a presence in the cemetery through the night. Um, And also we're currently working on um, security cameras as well as uh, floodlighting to really light it up. You know, you wouldn't think that a cemetery should be lit up like a stadium at night, but it almost feels like that might be the measure that we have to take um, to help ensure that, you know, this isn't a, a problem going forward. Headstones are a small investment. Um, it's one of the last nice things you can do for your loved one is 
the tribute that everyone will see when they come into the cemetery. So it, you know, it's, it's an expensive endeavor. Um, out of these 61 headstones, are any of them damaged beyond repair or is it simply a matter of uprighting them? What we've put back so far, fortunately, has not been damaged to the point of needing to be replaced. There's scratch marks, there's scuffs, there's chips, you know, that was to be expected. Um, But it wasn't anything that kept us from standing them back up and resealing them. Uh, There are several large ones um, that are still down right now because we're not quite sure the best way to pick them up at this point to make sure we might need to get another type of uh, equipment that we're going to use for those type. Um, so I'm not 100% sure as far as the scope of the damage right now. People are calling and asking, wanting to know. We just don't know yet until we've actually had a chance to pick them all up because the way everything was pushed over, we can't tell what the bottoms look like right now. Hmm. Yeah, we're speaking with Michelle Wells-Durst, General Manager of Rosedale Cemetery, talking about the recent you know, headstone well, vandalism, but headstones being tipped over and things. And, man, I mean – it's crazy to think, I mean, you're right. It happens once, maybe maybe even twice. You think, oh, you know, kids out here being kids in the summertime, but then it happens again and again and again. I mean, it's hard it's hard to it's hard to think it's not something, you know, something else at that point. Yeah. Absolutely. Has the sheriff's department given you any kind of perspective and, you know, I I know they they're on it, but um have they said, "Oh, we've been seeing this. This is a trend." Anything like that? Uh, no, nothing to to uh make us feel like we're not the only one um but they did come out uh the officer walked through the cemetery with me um you know took down as much information as i could give him at the time uh when we came in tuesday morning to find more we did reach back out letting them know hey it's happened again uh we were assured at that point that they would uh start making a presence through the cemetery at night mm-hmm. as well you know have some of their officers driving through at least oh, for I the like next that. couple of yeah. weeks yeah when so, you see the sheriff's department out there yeah, coming right yeah down keep, the keep on with your there. shenanigans then yeah, right? exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. so uh in total because i know you said the first um morning that you guys discovered this there were 61 and then how many more were the next Right around 20. So I'd say we're up over 80 at this point that's been pushed over. So uh, kudos to you guys for being proactive, for trying to fix the headstones back up um, and and fielding all those calls because, you know, some people might be far away. They might have heard this. Their loved one is buried there and they want assurances that, you know, nothing, no other desecration has happened. And to your knowledge, no graves necessarily have been desecrated beyond the headstones, right? Correct. Correct. At this point, it's a matter of the stones and, and the flower vases. A lot of them were broken, though, as well. well oh, wow. Well, it. before we let you go, uh, let people know where they can go to maybe if they know have any tips or maybe want to help out with anything or just have any general questions where they can go to get that information. So just general questions, certainly give us a call at the office. Um, you know, we've been taking calls all week. It's It's been a lot, but we understand that this has really been um, hard on a lot of people's mind, especially if you have a loved one in Rosedale. So certainly don't hesitate to call us if you're concerned. If you um, have any any thoughts or ideas or have heard who have, you know, possibly been a part of this or heard of someone that's been a part of this, Please reach out and let us know. Um, you know, if you're not comfortable calling us, call the sheriff's department as well. They're involved. Um, you know, the big thing for us is just assuring that it doesn't continue to happen. That's my concern at this point is going forward. How can we keep this from from continuing to happen? Well, thank you for joining us this morning. 
Thank you. Absolutely. And stick around for more after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed any of our conversation with Rosedale Funeral Home, or Rosedale Cemetery, rather, talking about the vandalism that's been happening at the cemetery, uh, you listen back to that a little bit later on today. And if you have any tips or maybe any ideas, you can send them to us if you want over on our Facebook page, or uh, you can send us an email through the panhandlenewsnetwork.com website as well. And if you know the people who are perpetrating this, let them know that this is Rat rising. This is rising to the level of a felony offense. Yeah. So There's knock not it a off. Not prank anymore. Like not stop just a prank. it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Mar- she's Marsha's pointing at the mic while she's Urgh. saying that too and growling. This makes no. me angry. And growling. Well, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is it's like crazy. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. It's so disrespectful. It. Mm-hmm. Like she was saying, you know, one or two, then yeah, you know, maybe kids out. You know, bored one night, but once mm. it's 30, 60. And doubling know. down after these cemetery workers have been yeah, working hard to prop crazy. them back up. That's nuts. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't exactly. do that. Y'all. Be more constructive with your time. Like maybe plant trees. Yeah. You know? Well, what's that story about? So, 250 trees for 250 years project goal has been reached in Berkeley County. Had a goal to plant at least 250 trees for the 250th birthday, and that was achieved and surpassed. As members of the uh, Berkeley County 250th commemoration announced this past week. Uh, in fact, Marsha, you ready for this? The goal was 250. They said, eh, yeah, we can do 250. How about 300? Nice. And they put 300 trees in the ground uh, as part of that commemoration speech. Matt, Matt Umstead, uh, who we talked to a lot, he's the committee chair for Berkeley County 250, said, uh, quote, the aim for the 250 trees for 250 years project was to promote history and environment education through the ceremonial tree plantings. And I'm very happy to announce the mission was uh, accomplished. And then some. And then some. I don't know why I said it like that. And then some. Uh, said Very cool. Chair Matt Umstead. Very cool. It's always nice to plant some trees. So speaking of Matt, um, of course, that installation of uh, the, his- the history behind the interwoven mills is happening uh, beginning today at the Martinsburg Public Library main uh, main branch. Mm-hmm. And I think it's from 5 to 7 is the reception. And um, if you miss that, though, the installation is going to be ongoing. It's an ongoing exhibit at the library through the end of the year, and that exhibit is uh, sponsored by the um, Monument Company and I think uh, the Visitors Bureau mm-hmm. to kind of yep. highlight the history behind the building that they are now rehabbing. And I know some of the historical sites on uh, social media have been trickling out pictures of some of the workers through the years that would show up yeah. at the interwoven plant, you know, and they're dresses and right. suits and right. yeah, it's so cool that's that whole time period yeah but it's from five to seven today i'll try and get down there and uh, get some pictures at the martinsburg public library but there's all kinds of stuff going on and you're not going to be here this weekend right. and i was going to ask you if you want to meet me for pancakes and sausage breakfast at 8 a.m down uh, at the round house that I'll, sounds lovely i'll be there anyways but uh it's a pretty good deal too seven dollars for adults three for children under 13 so there nice. you go. yeah love it good and then you got the uh, labor day or uh founder's day uh, Memorial Heritage. Day breakfast. Oh, yeah. Pancake yeah. breakfast coming up. Coming up, the, yeah, uh, a couple weeks. Yeah, coming up down War Memorial Park. Mm-hmm. So, um, Founders Day Heritage uh, Festival, Heritage Fair, excuse me, 
uh, is happening at the Roundhouse as well. A lot of the folks that you hear on our airwaves, the historians will be there talking about some of the history related to Martinsburg. There will be vendors. So it's a whole, you know, weekend filled with history, trolley rides, all that stuff. So they've got an event page. You can look that up as well. Yeah, and uh, on Friday, so the opening ceremonies are happening at the Adam Stephen House for uh, Founders Day weekend. Of course, 600 blocks South King Street. It's going to be at 630 tomorrow, but it's starting at 8 p.m. for $15, Marcia, which I think is a pretty good deal. A two-hour walking tour around Martinsburg of all the ghost sites and scary stories. I was going to say, when you said 8 p.m., that's got to be a paranormal yeah, thing. Ghost tours with fifteen dollars. I mean, that sounds pretty cool. But yes, uh, the French, I believe, mm-hmm. is going to be talking at the Roundhouse. Uh, to they, those talks start nine a.m. and go all the way through five p.m. on Sunday. So there's plenty of stuff to mm-hmm. do around here this weekend. Uh, educational too, if you want to take the family. So one of my young adults is um, interested in the ghost stories of West Virginia, and there you go. she's gotten a bunch of those books. But anyway, we were at uh, Tamarack. Over the weekend, which um, highlights, uh, it's a it's a huge store, artisan uh, store that highlights West Virginia artisans, crafters, um, food, you know, honey producers, mm-hmm. and uh, authors as well. So there were books about paranormal, about ghost sightings, all of that. Some of them involving sites that you're familiar with in the Eastern Panhandle. And it was interesting going through their little bookstore area because there were so many names that I recognized. Way oh, yeah. Out in West Virginia by Jeannie Mosier mm-hmm. from Berkeley Springs, who, who passed away, uh, sadly, a few years ago uh, now. And uh, uh, Bob O'Connor yeah. had several uh, tomes there as well. And then the Saravalos, Frank Saravalo whose uh, pictures are on the calendar in my studio, thanks to my friend Meg. Um, He and his wife, Michelle, who was an elementary school teacher at St. Joe's, did a history book of of, uh, West Virginia, you know, as as a textbook featuring a lot of his pictures. So they were, you know, so I know both of them. So I was like, I was down there in Beckley at this Tamarack store going, I know that guy, I know them, I know that guy. Man, (laughs) that's pretty neat. So, yeah, yeah, really cool that um, some of the work from up here is being featured around the state. That is very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, and speaking of Berkeley Springs and uh, Bath, I should, I uh, guess, give this announcement. Now, this is not happening until Friday, but officials with the town of Bath have confirmed the State Division of Highways are going to be paving the north side of Wilkes Street on Friday, May 19th. Town leaders say you're going to need to move all vehicles uh, from the street then go curb to curb. And the last thing you want is to wake up in the morning and you go out to, you look out the window, you're like, man, what's all that noise going on? And you see your car on the back of a tow truck. Don't want you, you know what would be worse than that? They pave around it. Yeah, or on it. <laughs> or just shoot the like, like asphalt onto your car. Like, like in the winter, listen, buddy, you were warned. Like in the wintertime, you're driving on the interstates and a big snowstorm just came and you see that truck that, you know, the burnt snowplow down or something. Oh, or no, yeah. the broken down car on mm-hmm. the side of the road that's just covered yeah. in snow. Looks like a snow, snow sculpture. Plows. And you know you're not getting that thing out until June <laughs> mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Man. So you've been warned, Berkeley Springs. Yeah. Kind of Wilkes, north side of Wilkes Street, Friday, May 19th. Is and it's paving paid. season. So that's, we're it probably going to be getting season. more of those announcements. Good. Of course, Good. we get weekly announcements about I-81 being boogered up a couple lanes here and there and all of that. So um, also... Uh, I think it's tomorrow, The um, tonight into tomorrow, Apple Harvest Drive is going to be closed to through traffic. 
Yeah, Appalachian Drive, West Virginia 45, Berkeley County will be closed from the intersection of Foxcroft Avenue to the intersection of US 11, beginning midnight through 4 a.m. on Friday, May 12th. So that's tonight into the tomorrow morning. Yeah, why did I say Friday there? Because oh, because today's yeah. Thursday. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, today's for some reason it's I was Friday thinking Eve. it was Tuesday. Yeah, I was it was oh Tuesday. my gosh, that's dreadful. Oh, I know. <laughs> That is pretty awful. Well, I, to, I feel way better about things now. With yeah, okay. My goodness. Well, that ended up in an upswing. However, you uh, can't get through yes. if you're driving yeah. in the middle of the night at that area. That's the that's the drill down, folks. Yeah, my so, goodness. Exact weather. And I tell uh, exact you what, schedule weather dependent. The sheets over here across my on King Street, the, uh-huh. the one side entrance is blocked off. They're doing something, I guess, working with mm-hmm. pipes or hopefully making that not like you're climbing up a mountain to get into the sheets. That's got some people that had some people in turmoil. Well, morning. you know, the Apple Harvest Drive sheets down yeah. from that whole that they in that whole area, they're, they're closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that took some people by surprise. You know what they need to do? This is what they should have done. They should have flipped sheets and Chick-fil-A. Put the Chick-fil-A where the where the sheets and the McDonald's, all that stuff mm-hmm. is there and just put a little sheets on the other side, where the Chick-fil-A is. I don't know. I think Lowe's would be like, thanks. We needed more congestion at our intersection. But for Chick-fil-A, they'll have way more room. I mean, the traffic's going to be bad anyways. Mm-hmm. They, that thing needs more room. Because I don't think, I mean, sorry to our friends at Chick-fil-A. I mean, the new drive, drive-through, drive it looks great. And it works fine. But it's it fine. Didn't, it didn't alleviate traffic at all. I, okay. Not on Foxcroft. You're or, right. Or in there. It I just think. drew more people there. Okay. So I have a mini rant. Can I go with it? Absolutely. All right. So I was in the seat of power over the weekend in mm-hmm. Charleston, right? right. And um, they have overhead bridges. They have like a mini spaghetti bowl thing going at the mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. I-64, I-77 Turnpike, McCorkle Avenue, all of that. Like, so to alleviate traffic, they just brought their bri- their roads up it, well not roundabouts no stop don't <laughs> don't bring that cursed word into this conversation anyway so in the seat of power they get air roads yeah. they get <laughs> okay yeah. the clover yeah. leaves right because yeah. they can they can be like what i'd really like is a 10 minutes shorter on my mm-hmm. morning commute mm-hmm. so can we put this road in the air please so here's what i'd like What's that? i would like at that intersection that we've been talking about at exit 12 yep let's put some air roads up right let's do a spaghetti for it. let's just you know just mix a li- it all up just put six lanes up there everyone can get to blue ridge everyone get, can down. get to chick-fil-a everyone can get down to the lows and the gabes and just six lanes you don't have to bother traffic down there just erect it above all of it you know what would really help to people aren't talking about what public transit all right sidewalks yeah you know okay so. I I see that, but like, there's no room to to expand there anyway. True. That's why I'm saying, look up, That's go true. up or down. Okay, Subway so now system. I know we're not in the seat of power here, but we have some power players. Mm-hmm. Some of them may be listening to our show. Right. Let's build some air roads. I'm down. Okay. Put them in the sky. Yep. Or just subway. spaghetti subway system. Spaghetti road, the whole intersection there without bothering any of the traffic that's already there. Yep. Put six lanes up. Everyone can get to their Target run. Yep. Everyone can do their Chick-fil-A run. Yeah. I'm okay. here for it. All right. More roundabouts, I'm glad I'm, No. Mm-mm. More no. Told you we're not talking about that today. <laughs> well, what do you think <laughs> out there? You can text us, 304-263-4321. You think traffic's bad enough? Let's just make it worse and put everything up in the uh, sky with more lanes? I'm telling you, no. If, if they can do it in Charleston, why can't we have it here?
Well, not to burst your bubble a little bit. You said Clover Roads. I think the Clover, first Clover Buds. Yeah, the first one. I'm pretty sure in the state is the one there at Edwin uh, Miller okay. on Route Nine. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think I was the first one in the state. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. But that about was also that. back I'm in like the throwing, what, 70s? Okay, I'm not throwing shade at Exit 16. <laughs> That's your Exit it's, 11. It's Exit 12. Or 12. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need some sky roads. Could you imagine how different, how crazy that would look? Going through there, you just mountain and country, mountain country uh-huh. roads, farms, <laughs> huge glob. Of picture your things. picture your Hot Wheels toys <laughs> as kids, where you have that big spirally looking little mm. ramp, right? Right. For your Hot Wheels, right. your Matchbox cars. Mm-hmm. I want that at exit twelve. Well, maybe, you maybe know? it'll happen. It'll either be that or you say it this time. Roundabouts. I'm not saying it. Well, Texas 304-263-4321. We do have to step aside for a minute. We'll be back and uh, keep talking here on Panhandle Sports Live on W oh, or Panhandle God. Live on WPM and WCST. Uh, you sure it's not Tuesday? The Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, our next guests are joining us in studio. Yeah, to talk about a really cool event that is happening. It's the second annual, I believe, Community Day. It's happening May 20th at the Sheriff's Department's parking lot on Raleigh, on, uh, Raleigh Street. So we're welcoming in to talk about that, Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon. And uh, his executive assistant, assistant and public relations officer, Randy Sullivan. Welcome in, you guys. Oh, thank, thank you for you. having us. I really appreciate it. So Stop. I'm glad Brandy's in because apparently she, <laughs> a lot of the planning for this has fallen on Brandy. I got told in my interview I had to make this happen. <laughs> um, luckily, the public is helping with that a lot. So how how big it's it's an extravaganza, right? What's going on? Right, you know, I, I got to give her uh, a lot of credit. You know, in no way, shape, or form was it actually detailed how much of a visionary I was when, oh, okay. when taking office. So, visionary so, also so, code for like big ideas. Yeah, Someone else yeah, needs to help right. implement them. Yeah. So the, exactly. the you know the whole spirit and idea behind the event uh, was to uh, you know address something I identified. Uh, as, as a citizen of this county, uh, the resources that exist in this county, and if I go to one place and, and uh, don't exactly receive in total the resources that I needed, well, can I be referred somewhere else that can complement the services that I've already been offering? Like, So when you hear the word epic, uh, in my mind, I hear Eastern Panhandle Empowerment Center. Mm-hmm. Those folks, yep. they help... Uh, you know, domestic-related victims, sexual assault, human trafficking. Right. Uh, you know, Katie Spriggs spearheads that. But yep. then there's also another epic, Eastern Panhandle Instruction, Instructional Cooperative, that deals with adolescent health, West Virginia birth to three, information technology, adult education, um, and, and early head start, like pre-K stuff. So I don't want that to get confusing and convoluted. So it was like, you know... Let's let's not only get them in the same spot the same day, but networking together mm-hmm. 
And, you know, maybe it is a person that is victim of one of those uh, criminal offenses that just needs the additional help of education and whatnot. So not only is it a huge networking opportunity, but it, it, it is, is an opportunity for our citizens to go and see what resources exist, as, as well as shake, your, shake the hand of first responders and talk to them. So you'll have staff out there. You can um, Folks can meet you guys. You can see what the cruisers look like. Mm-hmm. Folks can, um, and, and you're bringing other law enforcement and EMS and bringing some kind of interesting equipment, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'll let Brandy talk about the, the fire stuff, and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I got to give it to her. We're going to have a roller coaster. What? I'm super, no I'm, I'm super I know, excited. Wait, I know that parking lot is big. I'm but. super excited about that, but I'll, I'll, I'll let her do that. <laughs> so the wonderful people from People of Worth are bringing a roller coaster. I have no idea what this looks like. A kid, um, kitty. Size but they said right, right. the roller coaster is, is coming, coming through. So we're going to come yes. out of the station. We're going to come out of the station. Jordan, there's a height requirement. Uh, so, okay. so I can ride. Say, I'm afraid of heights. Yeah. So I'm afraid of heights anyway, so we're all right. So, so we have a lot of really imaginative people who are bringing a lot to this event um but you know the over the top stuff to make sure that the kids are fully uh in awe i guess mm-hmm. right we'll have um health nets bringing their helicopter there'll be mm-hmm. ambulances with the berkeley county ambulance authority the regional response van van from the health department will be there the house on wheels the hazmat tractor trailer the rescue boat and fire engines from around the county then also, you're going to have everything that we have to offer. So our animal control agents will be out there with some animals that are option, an option to adopt. Oh, okay. Um, the reserves will be there. The canine unit will be there. SWAT, the big bear cat, will be out for people to see. Um, the CID crime scene van will be out there. Um, dive boats will be out there. The rescue boat from the county, too. So we'll have a lot of different stuff that most people don't even know we have. Very um, cool. Also, uh, 95.9, the big dog will be there. Right. Leroy, yes. limited engagement, but he'll be there for part of the day, right? Yes, from 11 to 1, he will be there too. Um, we, this week, confirmed we have Papa's Chicken and Ribs so and Fried Right Food Truck, so there'll be food. There's going to be food there too? Oh, yeah. Man. Um, and Oh, and a bubble machine. Bubble <laughs> machine. My personal favorite. Man, roller coasters, food, bubble machines. Brandy, you got a bubble machine? <laughs> How'd you get all oh, this? Yeah, you should we, get a raise. We got little bubble machines last year, and they just couldn't keep up with right. the volume. Right. So we got some industrial <laughs> bubble machines this year. Doing it big. Um, yeah. But, I mean, just trying to make sure that all of the things that the county has that nobody knew about, this is an opportunity for them to know about. And as many different possible organizations as possible. So... Basically, no person can leave without a smile and something they learned. Um, just if it doesn't affect them directly, it will affect someone in their mm-hmm. life. There's no way somebody won't walk away with something. And you have all these different, of course, organizations and community you know, partners and groups there. But how important is it to just to have you know the public coming to the sheriff's department, right? Like you say, getting to shake somebody's hand, getting to have that one-on-one interaction. Because you see in the news all the time now different stories with law enforcement and things. Mm-hmm. But to be able to break those barriers down and, you know, show them that, yeah, you know, we're just like y'all, we're citizens, we live here. That's got to be a pretty big part of this as well. That's huge. I mean, to have that kind of interaction, you know, we see people on a daily basis in their worst days of their lives and crisis and whatnot. That's not the only opportunity we want to create to see these people. Mm -hmm. We go out to public engagements. 
I speak a lot at uh, HOA meetings. Uh, I speak at pretty much, Brandy to tell you, anywhere they offer me <laughs> to speak to in front of church congregations uh, um, and schools and whatnot. So, it, you know, I'm an uncle. I'm a father. Um, I'm a husband. And I put my pants on the same way everybody else does. You know, I have... Uh, you know, life things that occur in my life that uh, make me no different than anybody else, uh, and it's an opportunity to shake the hands of others just like them, and 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 humanize the badge again, right? Because I think that it has been lost. Uh, I think this event specifically brings that back, and you know, it answers questions too. Uh, you know, how much does the SWAT equipment cost? You know, where's the taxpayer's money going to? And what, you know, what, how's that invested? Well, these folks will be able to answer those questions for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm there. Our deputies are there. Our specialists are there. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just a huge opportunity to get to know your first responders, fire department, EMS, and law enforcement. And riding a roller coaster. And yeah, okay. Riding yeah. a roller coaster. Community <laughs> Day is May 20th from 10 to 3. It's at the Sheriff's Department in the parking lot off Raleigh Street. So here's the question. If you got a roller coaster in the parking lot and a, the hazmat vehicle and the SWAT vehicle, all of that, where are we parking so we don't get a ticket? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you do get a ticket, can you just bring it over to the sheriff's department? Get and be it, like, like, hey, or whatever. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> <laughs> where can we park in the judi- judicial? The judicial center will be cool. used Thank for you. parking that Thanks day. And that. there shall be some signs up so that they can be directed. Yeah, Perfect. just tell the you know city of Martinsburg. Okay, give us a break for a few hours. Like, yeah. yeah, we got a thing going on. The, well, which, by the way, those guys are on their game downtown i'd love to know how many steps in they get a day because i see them everywhere all the time all day long are you intimidated by yeah them when you absolutely see them? i mean people you see people in some of the businesses like barbershops and things they're always poking out looking around to see if they see them yet they got run out through a quarter in and then run back in. i mean they're on their game they're on their game absolutely but one last time for let you all go uh let people know again times or just where they can go to find all this information at so it is on our website um, but it'll be from 10 to 3 on Saturday, May 20th. Um, it'll be in our parking lot on Raleigh Street. And any other questions anybody has, feel free to call us. We'll Perfect. tell you all about it. Well, Brandy Sullivan, Sheriff Harmon, thank you all for joining us this morning. Thank you, It was our guys. pleasure. Absolutely. Stick around for more. We'll come back to wrap things up here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live. With hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Oh, well, you asked me if I was trying to show you breaking news uh, while we were talking with Sheriff Harmon, which, by the way, if you missed any of that, goes back to it a little bit later on. I saw a tweet here that says an American couple were caught in an Israeli airport trying to smuggle 375 pounds of fruit roll-ups into the country. <laughs> and there's a video of them in customs in the, in the back offices and things, literally with 350 However, seventy-five not, not pounds. Not laced of, with anything. Is I'm there... sure. Like, I'm sure there's probably something else going on. I mean, it's... why you got that many fruit roll-ups in the first place, right? But have they been banned in some Who knows? Mediterranean country, and now it's 
You know, on the black market, you can get three times the face value. Who knows? But that's a lot. How long do you think it'd take you to get through 375 pounds of fruit roll-up? Okay, so you're in prison, right? Yeah. And and someone's like, what'd you do? <laughs> Let me see your papers. Yeah, like, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah I fruit roll-ups, man. <laughs> smuggled some fruit roll-ups. Fruit roll-ups got Across me, man. international, yeah. yeah. I, I think you'd want a better story than that. Yeah, that, I think so too. I'm sure there's something well, beyond that. Are you ready for your big trip today? My goodness, you're... Road tripping today. Y'all, I need prayer. I know. <laughs> she is losing her mind. Those of you listening, of course you can't see what's going on here, but she has been head in hands every oh. time we go to commercial break. So I love the people who at the car rental place. They're sweet and wonderful, but but something happened and the, the car is not oh, just ready. Like just now? Well, I mean, earlier this morning, they're like, hey, how about how about a cargo oh, yeah. van? Like I How about a normally normally I'd be yeah <laughs> normally I'd be Miata. like all over that but today I have to have a specific kind anyway so I'm really hoping they can work that out but um shout out to all of the friends that have been coming to my friend's um storage unit if 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 I could just for a moment and this is me talking this is me editorializing right yeah. Um, you know, of course, you know, I'm, I'm big on church and faith and, uh, I would, I would love to invite everyone to come to church, you know, for the whole Jesus factor, but also, um, there's a lot of folks who help with the moving from, there were at least four churches represented at this storage facility that they, my friends have touched lives with, you know, throughout the, it's so if, if you have a move in your future, Make friends with some good folks from, so, let me from ask a faith-based organization. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Okay. At what point do you, like, is there an age limit to where, you know, you're moving house, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, where you just, you stop bugging your friends for, and then offering them pizza and beer or whatever, and you just hire a moving company to just do it for you? I don't know if that has anything to do with age as much as, is like, your economic status. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like how much is or, a moving crew? But uh, some of us though might just be like, you know, on principle, I'm moving all this myself, even if I don't get any help. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I was probably mid-range age-wise, and I'm older than you know a lot of you guys on the sports team, and a lot of the. Um, I'm probably in the middle here too, as far as uh, broadcast age. But uh, but I was kind of in the middle of the pack, so there were older folks than me mm-hmm. out there schlepping stuff. Hmm. Um, so. Maybe it's just, you know, the age group of it's your whenever. friends. Yeah, whenever. Yeah. I like, when would you stop saying that? When would I, you stop saying yes at what age? Well, I think it depends on how difficult the move is going to be. Okay. Like, if you're getting out of a building and you got tight stairs and things, I'm, I'll am i pay the extra money <laughs> to let right. somebody else deal with all that. You know what they do in Amsterdam? What's that? They just lower it through the window. Out, out the window. Yeah. Like you see pianos being <clears throat> lowered. And yeah. it's, it's like the cartoons, you know. <laughs> it just falls down. But yeah, because they, they can't really get it down the stairs. Right. But, you know, I think I might be hiring somebody for that. If it's, you know, a big house or whatever. And I've never moved a big house out. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it's something like that, then I guess so. Or if you have enough people to help. Yeah. but You have a lot of friends. I, I can't imagine you moving by yourself anytime soon. Well, thankfully, all my moves have been relatively small play place to place and then uh, the distance has been along either so that here's the sense. other question because you've been in town for two years now uh, how much yeah. ha- have you unpacked everything um for the most part <clears throat> for the most part there's still some boxes don't get me wrong mm-hmm. um there, i feel like there's always boxes are you still finding shirts and well, you're like why a- did ha- i let me ask this you the- you're you've been around here for how are mm-hmm. you are you unpacked oh yeah 
It's yeah. been 28 years. You never know. I bet you there's some, you go up in your attic or down your basement somewhere. I bet you there's a box that hasn't been opened since moving day. I'm maybe in the attic, but I can't, I can't think of one. Hmm. Because I've been moving those things around for 20-some oh, years. Oh, yeah. You all... I don't yeah. get rid of it, but I move it around <laughs> periodically. <sighs> Man. So, all right, here's one more hypothetical for okay. you. Okay. Hypothetical. When, when is the point... Because my parents talk about they threaten doing this all oh, the time. Oh, downsizing? Well, not necessarily today. That. Today, get your stuff out of your out of your childhood bedroom today. That. But uh, I'm talking about because I'm sure, like then, they got a bunch of stuff up in the attic, right? A bunch mm-hmm. of stuff in the basement. And oh, done... they got your baby onesies. You know they've oh, got yeah. that. But when's it get to a point where you just you hire somebody to dump a dumpster in the side yard or whatever, and you just start chucking stuff out the window? I think that has to. The parents have to mature to the level where it's it's more of a bother because at this point, if I opened up a box of my kids' onesies, I would just be sitting there the whole afternoon reminiscing. Oh, and then I couldn't sobbing. I couldn't have someone just come in and go, "This is all going to the dumpster." Okay, no, that's not where I am. Marcia's sitting there with a onesie in her right hand and uh-huh. a photo album on her lap, right. just bawling her eyes out. It's like the, the cat Ed sitting comes beside. Like, where have you been the last six hours? I'm like, I don't know. Where's the last 15 years gone? Right. <laughs> well, if you missed day, well, have a safe trip, Marsha. Thank you so much. It'll just be me tomorrow here on Panhandle Live. Marsha will be back on Monday. And if you missed any show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Talk line is next. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.